Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for Sunday, April 19th, 2015. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon this morning is entitled, Surprised by Jesus. He never ceases to amaze me. Jesus, that is. You can spend your whole life reading his story, studying his message, and still be surprised. Surprised at how much really doesn't make sense. Surprised when he doesn't give the responses that I've come to expect. Surprised at how offensive he can be. And at the same time, how life-giving he can be. He just never ceases to amaze me. I'm guessing that's how the disciples felt most of the time, too. We begin today with a conversation about whether to wash your hands before you eat, which moves into a conversation about what is clean and what is unclean and what should go into your body and what can come out of your body. I'm surprised that Jesus even bothered with such trivial matters. But then again, to the religious insiders, these were not trivial matters at all. This was serious business, that the disciples of Jesus were eating with unclean hands. So I guess now it surprises me that Jesus wasn't more sensitive to the nuances of his own religious law. And it surprises me that Jesus didn't take into consideration how much this was going to upset the religious elite. Or maybe that's precisely why he was doing it. Maybe he was trying to rattle them a little bit or ruffle their feathers. And if so, well, that's surprising too. You can just never quite predict Jesus, can you? That's what makes him so intriguing and so worthy of study and so difficult to emulate. He just surprises us too much. The seventh chapter of Mark begins with the religious leaders questioning Jesus, focusing on what is to be in and out. Like, literally, what goes in the body and what comes out of the body. But I'm guessing this was meant in a much broader, broader section than just about food. Who's in and who's out is always something that people of faith seem to dwell upon. Their list of laws, they knew them by heart, and the list was long. And to be faithful, one had to comply with all of them. And Jesus comes along and he blows that right out of the water. He claims a higher law, one, capital L, not a bunch of little laws with a lowercase l and an S on the end, but he claims one law, and that law is written upon the heart. This is not at all what the religious insiders were expecting. And so we keep moving through Mark, and we find that the story we find the story that surprises me most about Jesus. Many years ago, I preached a sermon here about this story of the Syrophoenician woman, the whole dogs and the crumbs story. It ruffled a few feathers when I entitled the sermon, The Day Jesus Was Wrong. I stand by the title. 
because it's the only story in Scripture that leaves me not just surprised by Jesus, but in utter shock. Jesus had left the area and traveled far and was trying to keep a low profile, but his name preceded him. And when a Syrophoenician woman, a Gentile, an outsider, came to him about her daughter who needed his help, he didn't have time for her. And in some very harsh language, he says to her that he has to take care of his people first, the Jews. And he referred to her people, the outsider, as dogs. And he said he had to take care of the insiders first, let the children be fed first. It's not fair to take the children's food and throw them to you, the dogs. I'm not sure who all was present for this exchange, but there had to have been an audible gasp when he said it. It's the most surprising scene in all of Scripture for me. If the religious insiders had been there, they would surely have approved his train of thought. I will never understand this momentary lapse of judgment for Jesus. And that makes some people uncomfortable for me to say it. But I will never understand it. It is not congruent with his message in any way, shape, or form. But then we get an even bigger surprise. The woman doesn't back down. I love her. She doesn't whimper away. She stands her ground and she calls his hand. Even the dogs get the crumbs from under the table. And I can only imagine that the tables turned and Jesus was surprised at not just her tenacity and her spunk, but he must have been surprised by her faith. And he told the woman to go to her daughter and she would find her well, and she did. This surprising turn of events that a non-Jew finds faith that even challenges his own is also one of the most hopeful encounters with Jesus that I know of. It's a real turning point in Jesus' ministry. It had been building his frustration with the religious leaders and their pressure to keep all the laws, even at the expense of what was best or right or good or just. But when his own understanding was challenged, Jesus became convinced that he was in the world to do his work for the whole wide world, not just a few. Maybe a less offensive sermon title years ago would have been The Day Jesus Changed His Mind. <laughs> it is every prophet's prerogative, isn't it? The final story that we read today is the healing of a deaf man. This particular healing is found only in the Gospel of Mark, but is similar to many other healing stories that we know about Jesus. Now, when you try to map out the geographical routes that he made from the original scene to the Syrophoenician woman to this man, they don't really make sense. So it's hard to determine, was this man that was deaf a Gentile or a Jew? But we know that he heals this man outside of the border. At this point in the ministry of Jesus, we shouldn't have to ask the question, though, was he a Jew or a Gentile? With the Syrophoenician woman, it mattered no more. 
But at this point, Jesus is now poised to minister to all. His mission is to the world, for the world, male or female, slave or free, Gentile or Jew, all are included. And that will turn out to be the biggest surprise of all. For those who had been awaiting the Messiah, this was not what they were expecting. And they didn't quite know what to do with a new way that didn't include their codes being followed to the letter of the law. Many, if not most of the examples that Jesus gives of faith are about non-Jews, those who were outside the established religious order. Most of Jesus' examples of faith are about the outsiders. How seldom does Jesus conform to expectations, always responding to people who are outsiders and upsetting the ones who are the insiders. It's precisely what got him killed. So all of this leaves us with really just one question. And in truth, I hadn't thought about it like this, Russ, but the questions really can be answered with love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But since I have one more page, <laughs> it leaves us with one question. What do we do with this? How does this impact our own living out of faith? And if Jesus was con constantly surprising them, how is he still surprising us? And if you are claiming to be his follower in any way, shape, or form, how might you start surprising people yourself? It's been a little difficult to find the huge challenge for our church from this chapter of Mark's Gospel. We've been known to accept people from all walks of life, from all perspectives of faith. Check. We welcome and affirm those that many, especially many religious insiders, would call outcasts. Check. Male or female, red, yellow, black, white, clergy, laity, conservative or liberal, gay or straight, child or senior adult, rich or poor, healthy or disabled, homeless or owner of your own home plus a vacation home, you're welcome here. Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Christian, Jew, some with Unitarian or Buddhist leanings, some maybe even calling yourselves agnostic, we welcome all. Check, I'm about to hurt myself, patting myself on the back. <laughs> But this is surprising to most. This is not the Christian message that is relayed in the headlines, especially not if your label is Baptist. But, and you knew it was coming, didn't you? But, I fear that we progressive Christians can get a bit too cocky in our own self-righteousness of inclusion. So much so that we often fail to see our own inconsistencies our own projection of elitism, and our own participation in exclusion. We are often unable to recognize our own judgmental nature. We are slow to forgive and quick to judge. We can be every single bit as narrow in our thinking as those that we condemn. We have our own set of codes that we make into law, and we just fail to see the log in our own eyes. Have I stepped on your toes yet?
I hope so, because mine are battered and bruised from writing. <laughs> he never ceases to amaze me. Jesus, that is. How he continues to come to us in surprising ways. How he continues to convict us when we let him. How he changes our lives. How he transforms us when we let him. I just love his way. Maybe especially in this portion of Mark's gospel because we catch a glimpse of Jesus himself being surprised by a woman who challenges him to think again, to think differently, to change his mind. It makes me wonder, what do I need to change in my thinking? What are my prejudices? What are the borders that I refuse to cross? Judging? Whom do I judge? Whom do I refuse to help or heal? Am I afraid to offend those that need offending? Or have I offended in a way that needs an apology? How tied am I to a religious elitism of my own making? Whom do I exclude? Is there someone that does not feel a welcome in my life? Is there someone who does not feel a welcome in this church? If we could, each one, answer these questions honestly, I am convinced we would be surprised at our own failings, even with all of our check marks checked, some with gold stars beside them. So the takeaway today is humility. If, if I think I've got it right, I probably don't have it. The life of faith is a constant rethinking, reanalyzing, reconfiguring, reassessing. It's a life of openness and evolution of thought. It's a life of growth. It's a life of probing and wondering and questioning. It's a life of doubting. Yes, I said doubting. Alfred Lord Tennyson said, there lives more faith in honest doubt, believe me, than in half the creeds. If the sermon were entitled the day that Amy was wrong. Mm. Or the day that Amy changed her mind. I wonder how that sermon would go. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.